Well, last time I talked to the people from downtown. What was the last movie you went to? Miguel, what's new in, Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Twitter? First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. Can you tell me more? Well, welcome to another episode of the Community Board Podcast with your host, Miguel Valdez. And today I'm here with Dr. Edward R. La. Kowski. Did I say it right, Doctor? <laughs> Ed Leskowski is fine. Leskowski. Where is that last name comes from, Doctor? So it's uh, Polish and Czech. Combined. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Were you? Are you from the Midwest? Originally from near Chicago. Uh, That's what I was thinking. There's <laughs> a lot of Polish uh, brothers and sisters in the Chicago area. Exactly. Exactly. So how long your family? It's been around in the Midwest. Uh, so we, you know, my uh, family's second generation. So they settled uh, first in Pennsylvania, but then came to Chicago. So I grew up in the Chicago area and uh, and then uh, came here for, for residency and been here ever since. So how was your, not that you're that old, but <laughs> how was your youth? years in the chicago area i like chicago you know chicago's a neat city it's a melting pot it's uh neat neighborhoods you can go into the thai neighborhood the vietnamese neighborhood the bohemian neighborhood the italian neighborhood everything you want so it's uh it's neat so i i uh, went to medical school at northwestern so that was uh gave, gave me some extra time mm-hmm. downtown in the city so it uh it's you know, there's so much to do there, and uh, I still have uh, affinity for the Chicago sports team. So, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> Bears, what's, what's Bears aren't team? doing that well, though. <laughs> I saw the Bears lost, didn't I? <laughs> well, they won yesterday, but the oh, season yeah, the weekend is, before has yeah. not been that great. So. Yeah, yeah, I um, I had the opportunity to be at Soldiers Field a couple years ago or three years ago mm. uh, for my first football game. It was the Vikings against the Bear, and uh, it was incredible. Yeah, it's a it's, neat, neat venue right by the lake yeah, there and everything. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, good fans. Yes. Um, Did you wear a bear head? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, that's, uh, I'm glad that I Vikings won, so I'm glad I made it home. <laughs> so no, it was it was mm. a really good game. Uh, today we're gonna be talking about something really important. Uh, I was lucky to be one at one of your presentations about physical activity as we age keeping the baby boomer buff (laughs) and you talk about you have a secret for everybody and uh i'm i'm lucky that i was there and i'm lucky to for you accepting today to be here today to share that secret uh to keep us healthy and strong so why don't you share with our friends what are we going to be talking about today well, it's interesting. Sometimes the simplest things are, are the most effective. And if I told you that there was a medicine out there that reduced the death rate of cancer, breast cancer, by half, that reduced the rate of colon cancer by two-thirds, that reduced the rate of Alzheimer's dementia by, by almost half, and that reduced heart disease and high blood pressure by almost half, that lowered the risk of stroke by a third, that lowered the risk of type 2 diabetes, the adult onset diabetes, by two-thirds, and that decreased depression as effectively as medication or cognitive behavioral therapy. 
Would you want that medicine? Oh, please. Right now, all day. Hey, you know, what is it? I, you know, I, I would want that medicine as well. But, you know, all those are evidence-based guidelines that tell us that that's physical activity does all those things. Our research proves that. And it's not just one study or two study. It's tremendous amount of studies that show that the effects of exercise help us in all those ways. There's really no medicine that is as effective as, as exercise and activity. But uh, we have a problem in our world, actually, our country, especially in our world, that we're not taking this medicine. And um, I mean, the lifestyle of the modern human is really changed within the past probably 100 years. Mm -hmm. Before that, people were still uh, pretty physical activity. It was on everyday's individual. But now without um, cessation, robots, computers, all that has uh, the activity that we are exposed is, is limited. Uh, you're exactly right, Miguel. It says 70% of our country, both adults and kids, are overweight, obese, and have a sedentary lifestyle. And as you say, there's multiple factors. The technology keeps us more sedentary. There's more screen time for kids now than ever before. Um, our affluence, we can afford fast food, which sometimes is bad food for us. Um, you know, and we're seeing that across the world, too. And, and I've lectured in China now. Even in, in China, 25% of cities, they're, they're adapting some of our bad habits. They're getting bad fast food in their, in their cities. They're, they're becoming more affluent so they can afford technology that keeps them sedentary. And so we're not moving as much as we did before. And we're eating probably poorer than we did before. And uh, there's just many, many factors. And each, each area may have its own reasons. I know I've talked to people in inner cities and, and they say, boy, Doc, I'm, I'm scared to have my kid go out. You know, safety's a factor there. So in that sense, they, they may have all the right motives and all, but, you know, the opportunities may be more limited because of where they live. So, so there's a bunch of factors, but, yeah. but it certainly is an epidemic. And also, if you want to stretch that dollar when you go grocery shopping, Unfortunately, the healthy items are usually more expensive. They can be. They can, can be. be. Yeah. But, you know, again, with good, good education mm -hmm. and good selection, good choices, we can probably, you know, help that and, and still get good quality food at, at a reasonable price. Yeah. And also you, you were talking about uh, how the, um, the population is aging. In 1900, it was people over 65 all in the U.S. it was only four percent in 1900. By 2000, it was 12 percent, which it was 36 millions. It's estimated for the next 2020, for the next year when the census uh, happens, is is estimated at 20 percent for seniors. Is that considered seniors? Yeah, at that age? yeah. Six yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and actually, people over 85 years old are the most rapidly growing segment of our society right now. So, it, you know, we're living longer before we have medications and, and treatments to, to keep, us, keep us living longer. So that's why it's even more important to have great quality of life as well as we, as we get older. How did you get into sport medicine, doctor? What brought you to this uh to these topics, to these interests for you? 
Well, I used to, believe it or not, I used to snow ski. I grew up in northern Illinois, but uh, we had a little rope tow area next to us. So I used to snow ski and uh, um, got into racing and actually was uh, uh, in a development program for the U.S. ski team. And uh, so I always liked, uh, I always liked activity and I always liked sports. And uh, my specialty kind of combines those things. Uh, we, we really prescribe exercise. Uh, my specialty is called physical medicine and rehabilitation. So whether you have a stroke or a spinal cord injury or you're an athlete, uh, we actually kind of prescribe the exercise that's right for you and the therapy, the treatment that's right for you. So, after a procedure or surgery? Mm -hmm. or Yeah, after a surgery, you know, it's, I, I think a lot of our surgeons here, it's, it's interesting. You think, oh, it's, the job is done once the surgery is done. And a lot of our surgeons, well, you know, about 10% is done now. Now you got to do the rehab. You know, you think of a person like Adrian Peterson a few years back mm -hmm. when he had his ACL. And he had the surgery, but then it took him a year, you know, to, to do the rehab and the strengthening to get him back competitive. Yeah, and, and sometimes we forget about the mental health, mm -hmm. too, because... After going through an injury like that and just know that you're going to be off the field, it takes a toll on your mental health, too. That's exactly right. And, you know, there's, again, where exercise is medicine. And we have a bunch of studies that show that exercise helps treat depression. And I, w I actually reviewed a study that came into Mayo Clinic Proceedings. And what they did is they took active people and they made them inactive for a week. And then they, they introduced the activity again. And for that week they were inactive, they gave them tests, uh, and they, were, they had tests of depression and mood scores and things like that. And they all scored very high for depression and low mood when they were inactive. And when they got active again, the, those, those changes corrected. So wow. even, even the way we feel, um, even if you're anxious, one of the guidelines for the physical guidelines for Americans now has shown that one of the immediate effects of exercise is anxiety reduction. Yeah. You know, right today, you take a 30-minute walk. If you're anxious, it's, it's going to help you. What about, uh, how is that going to help you when it's time to go to bed at the end of the day? Well, exercise, I think, again, helps you to, it, a lot of studies have shown that it helps sleep quality. So when we get that activity during the day, we get our body um, uh, kind of adjusted and, and we get the tensions out of the day. I know I kind of like to do a lot of activity after work because, mm -hmm. you know, the tensions of the day build up and, and after work you kind of do something physical and, and it kind of sets you up for the evening. But uh, that activity tends to, to be very beneficial for sleep quality as well. And when our bodies get that activity, then we're set up nicely for a more deeper and more restorative sleep at night. What about the items, the food that we choose to eat? Towards the end of the day, does that matter too? I think as long as, you know, we call it clean eating rather than a diet because diets don't work. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's really good, healthy choices. So as long as you're eating a, a fruit and vegetable dominant diet with uh, small amounts of lean meat and proteins, that's, that's perfect. And, and good hydration is important as well. So water, we want the urine to be clear, um, toward the clear sign, not dehydrated. Okay. As long as you're doing those things, uh, that's good. We don't like eating too close to bedtime because that can cause some reflux when we're lying flat, things like that. But as long as you're eating a good diet throughout the day and good, good food products throughout the day, it should set you up well for the nighttime. Caffeine, as people may know about, you know, that's another thing to avoid at night. And mm -hmm. caffeine is found in sodas as well as teas and coffee. So you don't want to drink those too close to bedtime because that caffeine can actually stimulate you to be more awake. And where is there, um, what about for sugary drinks also at night? 
limited. Yeah, I think you know sugar causes this. You know, you may have a, a brief energy surge, but then it's there's a, actually a little bit of a decline afterwards, and you feel even more more um, tired and and more more weak, maybe more lazy. So we we like to limit that sugar and in general. Um, you, you've probably heard of all the studies and all the reports on and and the the pitfalls and harm of sugar, yeah. but uh, if we can eliminate those as much as possible, especially additional products, a lot of uh, food products, even unbeknownst to us even have sugar in them so the more we can limit that the better okay so going back to the topic about um aging what what happens to our body actually once we start getting old so you know we like to say a lot of times we'll say or i'll talk to patients they'll say doc i used to get away with so much more when i was young (laughs) and it's true because our bodies are different when we're young well when we're young what what happens is as we get older we we change and we lose what we call the basal metabolic rate. It's the rate at which you burn calories. That actually decreases. So we don't burn as much calories just naturally. Yeah, what time, at what age does that start happening, well, slowing down? Yeah, about in our, even in our 20s, 30s, oh, you know. Right. And, you know, there's a change. Yeah. And then as we get older, that, that basal metabolic rate decline dec- increases. Um, you know, the, the things that... Uh, that we see happen to our connective tissue. We say, Doc, I feel more stiff when I'm older. Well, that's kind of true. Our, our connective tissue becomes less elastic and compliant. So the tendons, the ligaments, the, the tissue that we made, oh, my, when I stretch, you know, that, that I feel a pull there. So that connective tissue becomes a little less compliant. Our muscle mass decreases, and we lose about 10% of our muscle mass per decade after age 30. And that's just something that happens to everybody. It's not something, it's just because... Well, our what f- about those ads that you see on magazines where it says 65-year-old <laughs> muscle man you can be? That's the good news. See, the point is that, that when we're young, maybe we don't have to work at it. You know, or just our physiology keeps us looking good. But the good news is that, that even when you're 85 or 90, it's, it's never too late to start. And once you start training and challenging your body with activity you'll get benefit. So if you start strength training, you're going to get benefit. In fact, there was a study that they looked at 86 to 96-year-old individuals in nursing homes, basically, and they put them on a strength training program. And they gained from anywhere from 64% to 370% in their strength. And, and the point is that they didn't, it wasn't just, oh, yeah, the numbers changed. These people could get up out of chairs. They could not get up from before. They could cross streets before the light turned red. So it really made a difference in their quality of living. Okay. And um, what about um, for somebody who hasn't been physical, uh, having a healthy lifestyle, being physical active, what is the... Do you need, will you recommend to be checked by your doctor before you start doing those small changes so you can still do those uh, little baby steps, let's call it? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you have a condition that you're being treated for, so if you have a heart condition you're being treated for or serious diabetes and all that, it's a very good idea to check with your doctor. If you're diabetic, exercise can actually change the way you, uh, your blood sugars uh, are, are, are appreciated and, and elevated. So, um, you know, it's a good idea with those conditions. But you know what? If you start low and slow, almost everybody can start doing something, you know. And again, movement is medicine. So just it doesn't have to be intense. In fact, it shouldn't be. Slow and steady wins the race. So if you just, if you just start a regular walking program, 
um, you know, stretching. We, we have on, if you go on mailclinic.org, uh, and it's a website, you don't have to log in or have a password or anything. Mm-hmm. We have, if you search for stretching slideshow, we'll show you how to do 10 of the basic stretches that, you, that are the right way to do them. For any age. For any age. And, and we also have, if you search strength training videos, we have 35 videos on how to do strength training, but using your body weight only, using machines, using free weights, and using resistance tubing. So we show you kind of what to do and how to, how to do it right because technique is really important with a lot of these things. But again, starting slow, if you just have start a regular walking, you know, start walking two, three, four minutes even. You know, if that tires you out, that's fine. Next day, try it again. Maybe try twice a day. And, and again, the more you do it, your body will get con- more conditioned, more fit. You'll be able to do more work. Also, one thing that you mentioned is uh, the torture was about uh, fall, fall prevention mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Uh, the elder or seniors age group. Yeah. How important it is to prevent those injuries and uh, by having strength. Strength, like you mentioned, and, and mm-hmm. being physical active, how it prevents, uh, keep your balance. and Right. Well, it's, you know, it's amazing when we look at the data, about a third of people over 65 fall each year, and some fall multiple times. And uh, so, and the, you know, you can have some bad things happen from falls. You break a bone, you break your hip, you, you, you get a blood bleed in the brain. So, so we really want to prevent those. And, and as far as our health care, it's about a $10 billion problem a year because when people fall and get these complications, it's, they're, they're significant. So we really want to prevent falls. And like you say, if we have a program of activity that emphasizes strength of the muscles about the joint. We say the, the, the best brace is your muscle brace. And also stability and balance, because those, those we, we talked about changes as we age, the, our systems of stability and balance become a little less, less good as we get older. So we need to kind of train those back. And, and in very simple ways, just standing on one leg is, is a way in which do we get the muscles to work together to stabilize. Um, simple things like you may have heard of Tai Chi, which is a very very gentle um, movement therapy. Um, it's been shown if participants uh, who participate in Tai Chi have less incidence of falls and hip fractures. And um, what about your cardiovascular disease? I know you mentioned some of the benefits, but what are the key things that people can see a change on their organs or on their body when right. they do? When they yeah. Have a physical activity lifestyle. So the cardiovascular is basically the heart and lungs. And, and you need to think of the heart. It's a muscle like any other muscle. So if we train it and we strengthen it, it gets better. It does its job better and it's more efficient. So one of the ways we measure this is heart rate. As you, as you find yourself getting fitter, you may find actually that your heart rate decreases because your heart is becoming more efficient at pumping a larger volume of blood with, with actually less heartbeats. So as we, and again, it can be as simple as walking or, or if you have arthritis, maybe a pool, maybe walking in a pool or swimming, a stationary bicycle, an elliptical trainer, any, anything like that is good. But when we do that, we, we exercise the heart muscle and then the heart muscle gets better. And so that translates into less incidence of heart disease, less heart attacks, less strokes. And what is the recommended daily uh, portion of time that someone mm-hmm. should 
right. do some physical activity. You know, so our current guidelines, which have been developed from tons and tons of research, are, are 150 minutes of moderate activity per week. And moderate activity is kind of if you're exercising like this, where you can kind of talk, but you're you're breathing a little hard. That's that's kind of moderate. You don't need any fancy heart monitors or anything. Whatever's moderate for you is Going there. Up, up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, times yeah. Right. Exactly. Just walking faster. You do that 150 minutes a week, so that's about 30 minutes five days a week, and that's going to be significantly beneficial. And those for 30 you. minutes doesn't have to be all in one chunk. Right. We can divide right. that up. Yeah, and, and any any amount of we accumulate those minutes throughout the day. That's good. Any any time is good. In your experience, have you started working with somebody who hasn't have done anything for a while? And what has been some of the challenges that mm -hmm. you experienced? <laughs> well, you know, in one of my lectures, I have a slide of a gentleman who came in um, and uh, he, uh, he had high blood pressure and he had diabetes. He had a little bit of heart disease. He was very overweight. He, in fact, he needed to use a walker to walk. And uh, I said, you know, we, we got to change this. We got this is a risk to your health. And he's like, no, no, it's too late, Doc. And he was in his early 60s and it's too late for me. And I said, no, it's not. Not, not too late. Yes, it is, Doc. So we, we went back and forth, back and forth. Finally, he agreed. And we got him working with our physical therapist. And you know what? The first day or two, he probably did only walk about 60 seconds or 90 seconds in his walker. But, you know, he kept doing it and he kept doing it and he kept doing it. And I got a picture of him. He came about a year and three quarters after that day. He came to my office holding his pants that he wore before. He lost 250 pounds. He changed his entire life. He now is working in Europe in high mountain altitude rescue. So he, he just totally changed his life. And, and he came in with his pants. And he says, I want you to take a picture of me, Doc, with my pants. He says, because he says, you tell people. I didn't do anything special. He said, I didn't join a fancy health club. He said, I didn't do a fad diet. He said, I just did what you said. He said, I ate less and I moved more. And that's powerful. It's you an know. easy formula. You put less fuel, <laughs> exactly. more fuel. And, and slow and steady wins the race. You know, if you were to stay at the beginning, it looks so, you know, it's that old adage about climbing a mountain. I, I know I, I like to climb mountains too as well. And I was in this one in, with, a, with, a, with a guide in Colorado and we were up at this 14,000 foot peak, over 14,000 foot peak. And we were at a sheer face that we were going to have to go up. And, and I looked at that face and i was like oh man and i was the, you're up at high altitude you're breathing hard and i said i said how am i going to do this and the guy looked at me and he said doc he goes one step at a time and you know what one step at a time kept doing it all of a sudden i was on top of that mountain and the same thing with this guy yeah it started with maybe 60 seconds with a walker but eventually he lost 250 pounds. So, so the, to get a mindset of slow and steady wins the race, you don't have to do it all at once. And you don't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and do all sorts of high power and tense stuff. Uh, any movement is good movement. And, and the more, the better. Yeah, I find myself struggling with, um, with sugar. Mm. I mean, I, I tried to cut, for example, this is my third year that I had to have, I tried to have only one pop one soda per month as a treat you know right and uh like last year by by i think it was march or april I already was drinking november <laughs> uh drink and then i lost track but this year i'm doing good but how how do you 
what do you what kind of recommendation do you do for somebody to try to cut it's so addictive yeah. the sugar and it's everywhere it can be yeah and you're right it is present in a lot of things i think that's why i think cooking yourself is is great because when we buy stuff and and all from the from the chains and all that you know they, they don't they don't cook with the attention i mean and, and it's better and and mm-hmm. chains are trying to do a better job but it's never going to probably be as good as we can do at home so if we can control how much we do and, and you know another was butter you know a lot of margarine and stuff you look at these recipes they put so much butter in there and you know what we, in our household we've, we just cut that a lot and you don't notice any difference in the taste and do margarine use less the of taste buds at that yeah yeah really exactly too because now i find myself if i drink i open a can i, I cannot finish it i feel so much of that sugar yeah. overwhelming exactly exactly and and again, slow and steady will win the race. If you've been drinking a lot, just starting that gradual, you know, cut down is good. And and uh, you know, caffeine beverages too. You get a little bit of withdrawal if you stop those. You may get some headaches for a little while, mm-hmm. but that's but, what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. But those are temporary. And if you can hang in there long enough, um, you know, all of a sudden, like you say, you're drinking pure water and it tastes great. And anything else then will not taste that great. Doc, mm-hmm. so, uh, you show some of the. Also, some of the Olympic uh, participants, uh, um, athletes, how some of them, they're getting older and mm-hmm. they keep breaking records. What yeah. is that? Well, it's, about? it's great. It's, it's encouraging to people. We're seeing very high-level athlete performances at much older ages than we ever did. In fact, in, in Rio, in the Rio Olympics, mm-hmm. there is an individual named Kristen Armstrong and she won the the cycling bicycling criterium race which is a very very intense race and and she's competing against people in their early 20s she won a gold medal at age 43 and uh you know amazing performance and and uh the beach volleyball duo uh, Misty May Trainer they they won gold at at age 35 and 39 at Rio she won bronze so then it's these are very intense things we there's stories of people climbing Mount Everest at age 73 and people doing Ironman distance triathlons at age 80 point is those are very encouraging stories because they tell us that that just because we're older it doesn't mean we're done that we can have very elite performances in the older age we just have to put the work in to kind of you know like we're talking about we get away with more when we're younger but if we start incorporating movement and exercise and activity into our lives we're going to see the difference in ourselves we may not be winning gold medals but we're going to be feeling better we're going to be able to do more our like you said our sleep's going to be better our concentrations be better um you know it really changes your life in a lot of ways as well as protects you from a lot of the things that we get that that amount of activity that 150 minutes per week protects you against 13 separate cancers i mean what you know what I gave you a pill and said, well, boy, this protects you against 13. You'd pay anything for that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and this is free. This is free. We can all have access to, to movement and, and exercise. What about for somebody who's new to this environment here in the Midwest? How, any recommendation from you? <laughs> well, you know, it, it does get cold here, but, but finding, I, I think it's nice to still get out in in the environment and so finding something you may like to do like like uh, i like snowshoeing you know it's very simple all you need is a 
is a good pair of boots and, and shoes, and, and you can rent the shoes very reasonable prices. But you can go out in the woods and you see stuff. You see the birds that are in the winter, the owls, all sorts of stuff that that you never would see if you didn't do that. But I think getting out there and even just walking outside, um, you know, all yeah, those I love shoveling. I like get <laughs> out. right feeling of accomplishment there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and and some people like indoors, and that's fine too. You know, some people will like to join like a YMCA or a health club, and they'll you know they'll find they like a social socialization of going somewhere and meeting friends and doing stuff together inside. Nothing wrong with that either. But and in your case. Um, do you see all kind of uh, athletes or mostly seniors? Who do you see in your practice? We see everybody, you know, from uh, really from youth to, to old age. And uh, so we, we want to help everybody to be in their best health and their best fitness. So um, we do see elite and the athletes. the same recommendation applies mm-hmm. for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. The some. You know, it's kind of like uh, the space program, you know, NASA, the, going to the moon actually gave us the microwave, believe it or not. The technology we used for the moonshot actually led to the development of the microwave oven, which everybody uses. Mm-hmm. And in the same context, we train elite, elite athletes with certain principles, right? Well, those same principles we can spin off to train everybody and help them to be their best fitness possible. Yeah, uh, and... Isn't that, um, I found it strange to how recommending to go back to all times or all habits, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being physically active or um, I was uh, learning about uh, people who are choosing to have a lighter breakfast or, or fasting for breakfast to uh, trying to get better or healthier mm-hmm. trying to change their habits and they said just little changes little by little that's why it has an impact i think that's a very good point uh, it's uh, sometimes we we you know you may hear that number 150 minutes oh, oh i can't do that and then or people try and do that and they try and do it all at once and they can't and they get sore and they say i'm done doc so so like you said very little things are very important so like this guy he went from 30 seconds to 60 seconds to 90 seconds you know little little steps are very key but they're good steps and not to negate those you know some people say oh you know a pound a week that's uh, if i lose a pound a week that's nothing you know but if and and then i tell him well you know what if i said to you a year from now you could be 52 pounds lighter would you take that deal oh of course doc you know well that's that's a pound a week so, you know, it doesn't have to, we don't have to lose 10 pounds a week or five pounds a week mm-hmm. or whatever. The little things really add up over time. So it's, it's I, I think. It's for them to maintain it too? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a saying consistency is more important than intensity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more important to do things regularly than to, to do things all at once. So. Doc, um, you were mentioned to me that you just have a... Um, a meeting a congress was it a congress mm-hmm. this weekend yeah mm-hmm. what is the new what was the new item on that meeting well you know the new the new is the old again <laughs> so i i kind of gave a lot of this data we had our sports symposium our 29th annual sports symposium and you know it, again it's it's the thing that it, this exercise is the best medicine but but we're not taking it the world isn't taking it we're seeing you know a lot of problems in a lot of countries so the message was that we got to get back to the basics and a lot of these things that we're talking about that fortunately don't cost a lot of money, don't require special equipment, 
I, I joke with colleagues at Mayo here because we're doing fantastic research on things. You may have heard of regenerative medicine and stem cells and all that. If you look at the studies on exercise and activity and compare them to the studies on regenerative medicine, the best studies on regenerative medicine, this, the effect size of exercise is 800 times that of the best study we have in regenerative medicine. So again, and not that we shouldn't explore these things and, and learn about them and, and use them, but the simple things are really, really effective. And uh, I pointed out even in this meeting, we're, we're, we're studying the genome a lot. People may hear about genes and intervening with gene therapy. And there was this huge study that came out that, that just said that maybe we're not going to, we used to think we could influence about 20 to 30 percent of maybe diseases by intervening in the genome, in the genes that we have. Now we're finding that maybe as little as 7%. So we're we're not going to be able to intervene as much as we thought maybe with these gene interventions. And again, it goes back to the basics is how much are we moving? What are we eating? You know, so, so the good news is, again, that's that really simple stuff is really the foundational stuff that works. And, uh, and, and people, is living, people is living uh, longer. Yeah, yeah, and we, year. well, and we want them to be a good quality, quality of life. Exactly. Yeah, because not just living where we're, you know, just yeah. existing, but but living a vibrant life that's that's very full and that uh, is very you feel like you can do anything you want to do. Doctor, thank you so much for sharing with us uh, all this, and uh, we want to keep you in our list and invite you again to share all this knowledge. Anything that you would like to add? No, I think a message did, for I think, Miguel, you summed it up nicely. I think it's just, you know, it's just really the simple stuff works, and uh, movement is medicine, and uh, small steps are just fine. You know, the more the more we can just be consistent with what we do, and, and then, you know, that, that ripple effect, don't get hung up on numbers and what weight I should be at. Once we start doing the right things, once we start eating better, once we start moving our bodies, all the other stuff will happen as a side effect of that. And uh, so it, it's, you know, we just want to encourage people that it's never too late to start. Um, until you breathe your last breath, you can always gain benefit. So we're around the corner of the holidays. Any recommendation for those gatherings? <laughs> what should we do so, so we don't feel uh, like, oh, I'm out of track. I, I shouldn't have done this. I've been mm-hmm. at home visiting and out of my routine. How right. can somebody come back to the... Well, first of all, you know, that not to feel bad that it's, you know, we always say that it's what we're characterized by. You know, if we're characterized by getting good movement and eating well and all that, a day or two is not going to hurt us, you know, if we go off the wagon, so to speak, a little bit. And, and I think sometimes depriving ourselves, you know, is not a great thing. If you like a special food, you know, oh, I can't ever have that again. Yeah. That's not true, you know, and, and just really portion sizes. You know, you may love this certain cake at, at, at holiday time. Go ahead. You know, just don't eat the whole cake. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe you have a slice or a, or a right portion size of it. So you get that filling. And I, and I found for myself, because I love, you know, I, oh, man, stuff like cinnamon rolls and all that sort of stuff. I, I love it. But, I, you know, I find that, you know, tons of calories and everything. So, I, But I find that a lot of times just a taste of it will really satisfy my desire for it. And you don't have to have the whole thing and, and all yeah. those calories. So. So smaller portions of the foods we like, but but also not, you know, just not being so regimented that you say, oh, I can never have that again. You can have it. It's just, yeah. just in moderation. You don't have to wait until January 1st to start your new goals. You can start 
the Absolutely. next day. Right now. Yeah, exactly. Every day. Doctor, thank you so much. And I want to invite everybody to follow us on Facebook under under Community Board, on Twitter also. Find us under Community Board. Share this episode you, where you can find it here on iTunes under Community Board Podcast. Also under SoundCloud under Community Board Podcast. Stay tuned for more podcasts. And if you want something to be shared with the community, please contact us well, and we'll have you here as a guest. Doctor, thank you so much. Let's thank, go. Thank move. you, Miguel. Let's mm-hmm. go for a walk. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, thank you. Mm, bye-bye. First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About certain research. Can you tell me more? Well, depends who you talk if you talk to the people on the board. Why? Get more cold.